Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. November 28th, this is the World Song Web Brand. I am Lance Glenn, joined as always by the Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports, Steve Wildfong. Steve, we've almost hit December, I think about 23 or so days until the start of the early signing period. It's crazy how fast this cycle is going, how much left there is to talk about, and the latter really increased tenfold this weekend. We had a few big coaching hires, some big games that took place this past weekend, some big visits that happened as well. And we will discuss all those things and more on today's show. But Steve, let's start with the coaching carousel because it has been spinning at a very rapid pace over the last few days. Wisconsin, Nebraska, Arizona State, they all made hires. There are others that are still searching for their next head coach. So let's start with the hire that I think stole the show this weekend. A splash up in Madison as Wisconsin hired Luke Fickle away from Cincinnati. Let's dive into this move by the Badgers. What are they getting in Luke Fickle as a head coach and as a recruiter as they try to once again rise to the top of the Big Ten West? How awesome of a hire was Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. For the first time in a couple of years, I'm excited about Badgers football. I just uh, wanted them to, you know, I, I, I recommended you know, on Twitter Lance Leipold as, as the guy that they should go after in court for that job, not even thinking about Luke Fickle. I mean, that is a hell of a move to go down to Cincinnati and land one of the best football coaches in college football and Luke Fickle, who has been nothing but one of the most consistent winners uh, in college football going back to 2018, 11 wins, 2019, 11 wins, 2020 COVID season. They go nine and one. Their only losses to Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Georgia the next year wins the national championship. Cincinnati makes the college football playoff. They would have won 12 games that year, win 13 the year they go to the college football playoff. And then they lose nine players to the NFL draft, including their quarterback, and turn around and go nine and three this year, have a chance to play in their conference title game uh, with their backup quarterback going into the final week of the season. You know, th- this is a program where they lost some heartbreakers. They could have won 11 games this year. That You know, he built a program that is sustainable to last, lose nine draft picks, including your quarterback, and come back this next year and be very competitive. It's a, it's a testament to a culture. And look, I've, I've been able to visit Cincinnati every year since Coach Fickle has been the head coach, builds a terrific culture there. I think he's an elite recruiter. And what I mean by that is he knows how to evaluate 
He knows how to find guys with developmental upside, and he's very relevant in recruiting. And the, and the thing that always stood out to me about one of my meetings with Luke Fickle is he said, hey, the head coach has to be the best recruiter on the staff. When he worked for Jim Trussell, Jim Trussell was the best recruiter on the staff. When he worked for Urban Meyer, he said Urban Meyer was the best recruiter on the staff. So it was up to him to be the best recruiter on Cincinnati staff. And then that carries over to the rest of the program. And when people say recruiter, they think that's getting on the phone and just convincing people to come to your school. That's not all that recruiting is. Recruiting is about having the detail-oriented approach of film study and senior film study and recognizing guys that fit your program, fit what you're trying to execute schematically on both sides of the ball, uh, uh, and, and bringing them in and turning these guys in, into better football players, player development at Cincinnati, second to none. I think he has a great understanding of strength and conditioning. His players love him. People love working for him. I talked to a staffer in Cincinnati uh, yesterday that the whole city is just sad. You know, they're just sad. It was just a sad moment. Like, like, but you can't be upset with Coach Fickle. Like, he, everyone just loves him, man. And and uh, he brings great energy from that corner office. And uh, I just think that this is a new era for Wisconsin football. I think that, look, we've seen some good Wisconsin teams that have, have been good enough to uh, make the Big Ten title game playing some New Year's six New Year's six games. But I think Luke Fickle is a guy that can really elevate this program beyond that. If if anyone can take Wisconsin from a ceiling of 10 to 11 wins to to more, I think it's coach Fickle. He's not going to be intimidated to play against Ohio State. He's not going to be intimidated to to play against Michigan and uh, uh you know, he's got his sights set on, on 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 taking a program to that level take Cincinnati in the South Bend last year and beat Notre Dame two or two years ago in in the midst of their playoff run and and, and beat the Irish uh, on their home field uh, uh was as big a win as anybody had in the country two years ago and 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 so coach Fickle he was an elite recruiter at Ohio State helped helped them uh, uh win some national championships and now he's coming to Wisconsin and I don't I don't think he would have just left for any job now I mean he's got his kid playing for him at Cincinnati uh the city loves him he's got uh six kids I believe and uh uh, uh but Wisconsin's a place that he obviously believes in and, and so he's going to go up there. And, and uh, I just thought that was an awesome hire. Like I said, I, I, I thought when Wisconsin's job opened up, I didn't want them to hire from within. That's no disrespect to Coach Leonard, who obviously goes from walk-on to All-American to long career in the NFL to uh, putting together some defenses that uh, uh, were real dominant at Wisconsin. But I go get me a head coach that's got uh, proven experience of having a culture from top to bottom that uh, in the end turns into winning. And Luke Fickle is uh, one of the big winners in college football. When you're talking about who's had the most winningest programs the last five years in college football, you got Nick Saban. Certainly you got Kirby Smart and then Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle's won as much from a winning percentage wise as anybody after those two. And uh, he's now in Wisconsin, and we'll see what he can do. He's inheriting the worst college. He's he's inheriting maybe the worst quarterback room in the country. When he got to Cincinnati, Tommy Tuberville didn't leave him that great a situation either. Now you know he he inherited some crap there. A four win team that had a lot of holes in it. They win four games his first year. They go from four to eleven, four to eleven from year one to year two, and never looked back. 
Wisconsin's going to have to reinvent that quarterback room. It's atrocious. I do think Graham Mertz had some ability. Uh, uh, I hated the offense behind Graham, and I don't think he got developed. Uh, but, but behind him, I don't even think there's that much talent. So uh, that'll be mission number one. We'll see who he brings with him. I think Gino Guadalgi is one of the best offensive coordinators in the country, one of the best developers of quarterbacks. Cincinnati, it wouldn't hurt for them to think about promoting him to the corner office. Now, we'll, that's a job that's going to have a lot of interest because when you look at the last few Cincinnati coaches, they've all gone on to great things. The uh, Going back to Mark D'Antonio, Brian Kelly, uh, and, and, and so it's a very exciting job. Um uh, Butch Jones, another, but Gino Godoggi, uh, uh, Cincinnati could do a lot worse than him. That's for damn sure. If they wanted to promote him, but Wisconsin, if you, if he's your offensive coordinator, you fired up and you go from there. Yeah. And you mentioned with Luke fickle, uh, the ability to build a program, right. And, and he obviously did it at Cincinnati. Um, and Wisconsin has a, a lot of holes, uh, to fix a lot of holes to fill a lot of things to clean up, uh, especially in that quarterback room, especially with that offense. Uh, so it will be interesting to see who he brings with him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he fills out that staff. But again, a splash hire for Wisconsin, someone who obviously, like I said, can build a program, um, and someone who I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does in Madison. I really, I he really, knows, he knows what it looks like, Lance. He's played against Ohio State at Cincinnati when they were really damn good. Played against Georgia. He's played against Alabama. He's coached some great Alabama teams. Cincinnati was not a Cincinnati earned the college football playoff last year. They were talented. It wasn't just they ran the table as a group of five team and backdoored in. I mean, they beat Notre Dame and South Bend and had a ton of draft picks. Yeah. Going to have some more this year. That team was, you know, they lost Alabama, no shame in that. Uh, but that team was one of the three or four most talented college football teams in the country. And we'll see what that recipe looks like at Wisconsin. Uh, but he certainly knows what ingredients go into that. And people are going to love working for him. That community is going to fall in love with him. He's just a great a human being. And that's why players and coaches work so hard for him. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it wasn't for Cincinnati, a one year thing uh, with a power, with a group of five program like them, it was the year before undefeated. And then obviously in that playoff year undefeated. So it's not like it was just a one year fluke year. I mean, they went two years undefeated and, that's impressive to do whatever level you're at, whether it's a group of five, power five, FCS, you go undefeated two years in a row. That's crazy impressive, especially with the teams. You know, you mentioned the Notre Dame, granted an Indiana team that was worse than what people expected them to be, but they beat power five teams. It wasn't like they were just running through uh, only group of five schools. They were running through really tough, really talented power five teams. And I think Luke Fickle is going to be a, a great hire from for Wisconsin. I think is going to do wonders up in Madison. And this we is a blow for the Big 12, Lance, not to cut you off, brother. But look, the Big 12 is yeah. trying to reinvent itself. They're losing Texas. They're losing Oklahoma. Now, I love TCU right now. They're undefeated. TCU and Baylor, they've had way more success than Texas over the last 10 years. Texas is the logo. They're exciting. You got Sark there. They're, I love the way they're building it up. Don't get me wrong. Like I think Texas is on an upward trajectory. I love the way that they're recruiting on the trail. But they have not been a bell cow program in the Big 12 by any stretch. 
Baylor and TCU are the programs that have consistently won double-digit games over the last decade. TCU is undefeated. They're one game away from the college football playoffs, so that's exciting for the Big 12 as they forge on and, and, and try and hang in there. And Cincinnati, I think, was going to be one of their – they were going to be a consistent winner under Luke Fickle. They were going to have consistent NFL players under Luke Fickle. This was a recruiting class that Cincinnati put together with the guys that had a lot of upside uh, uh, to keep to sustain Cincinnati for for years to come and now they lose Luke Fickle Cincinnati's now a little bit up in the air of what they're going to be in the future and that sucks for the Big 12 if you're a college football purist that wants all the leagues to remain good uh, if anybody woke up in the morning on on Sunday and didn't like the news of Luke Fickle leaving outside of the people that live in Cincinnati it's the Big 12 commissioner that's got to be like son of a you know because you know we just had one of the best coaches in college football in our league and now he's in the Big 10 yeah, yeah, it, it really is a tough blow uh, for the Big 12. And I think also shows the changing dynamics of college football that uh, the Big 10 and the SEC are very clearly above the other powers. Yeah, you that, Lance. Come on. Yeah, of course. Of course. The stadiums are bigger. The, the attendance the facilities, is The money is bigger. The reason why Texas is considered what they are compared to TCU and, and Baylor, even though TCU and Baylor over the last decade have clearly run out a better product. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I mentioned before that obviously Luke Fickle is someone who could build a program. He showed that at Cincinnati. Another program builder got hired at Nebraska, someone who built up Temple, built up Baylor, and that's Matt Rule. And I think Luke Fickle was the best hire so far made in this cycle. There's a case to be made that both he and Matt Rule are maybe 1A and 1B. I thought it was a great hire for Nebraska, a hire that made a lot of sense. Matt Rule has those sort of Midwestern ties. I know he's a PA guy, but again, the Midwestern ties. Um, and, and I think he, like Fickle in Wisconsin, is going to be a great hire for Nebraska and someone that, again, it'll take some time to get them back to, you know, bowl after bowl after bowl. But I think he's going to a great job in Lincoln and really bring that program back. Dude, Matt Rule is the man. I mean, everybody knows that. Uh, and uh, uh, similar to Luke Fickle, those guys like – they're just normal, like they're approachable people that like can fit in in any environment. And that's kind of their charm, what makes them unique. And the Big Ten got got a lot better this weekend, uh, um, adding those two coaches to programs that have been struggling. But, but you know, Wisconsin's been uh, under Coach Christ and, and uh, they've had some good years. It's been a while since Nebraska has had a legitimate year of football. And I think that Matt rule, you look what he did at temple, man, you know, he got to temple and he promised them a championship and uh, um, they were two and 10 uh, that first year, I believe when he got there and uh, it might've been a miracle that they won too. you know, that scene in bull Durham, how'd we ever win eight, you know, how'd they win two that year was probably a miracle, but uh, they end up winning the championship uh, they, they're to that. There had only been three 10, 10 wins. There's only three 10 win seasons in Temple history, to my knowledge. And I think Matt Rule's got two of them, you know. And so it's not a place, it's, it's a hard place to win up there at Temple. And Matt Rule's the, the greatest football coach in Temple history. Then he goes to Baylor and builds them into a New Year's Six Bowl team. And really, like, I, I don't think they would have gone away. And uh, Dave Aranda had a really good year last year there uh, uh, with the foundation that that Matt Rule and company put in place there. And look, the obvious thing about Matt Rule is that uh, you know people you know people tout 
the analytics that they bring to um, his recruiting approach. And, and look, that's such an easy thing to say. Everybody does that now. I mean, Georgia does that. You know, they want athletes. You go and look at Georgia's recruiting class. You see a lot of sub 1100 meter dashes. You see some strong dudes. Like that's the approach everybody has. Um, the thing about Baylor that in Matt Rule is, and certainly like they're going to take athletic traits. If you're not athletic, you they're not going to take a chance on you. Uh, um, so I think they take less chances from an athletic standpoint than maybe some other programs that are trying to build. Um, and, and that's why Matt Rule is able to separate from the other builders is that their approach is more tedious and more, they don't, they don't stray from the, the path where other coaches, they, they make a, a couple of recruiting mistakes here and there, and then it adds up to, to losses on, on the field. I, I, I think that, uh, Matt Rule and his staff know the course and they stay, the compass stays pointed correctly. Uh, uh, I think that they identify players early as well as anybody. Like Tyquan Thornton committed to Baylor, had a great year. But at the end, everybody wanted Tyquan Thornton. I mean, he was basically a no-brainer recruit that Baylor was in on way before everybody. Fran Brown and company had an outstanding relationship uh, with him. And so in the end, when those other schools came in, what separated Baylor was their coaching staff and the love that these prospects have for them and the belief that they have in Coach Rule and his assistants that they are going to maximize their ability and change the fortunes of a, of a program. That's what makes Matt Rule unique. The early evals, the, the, the fortitude of knowing who the good players are, staying on them hard, those, those are, 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 are why he, he's been successful as a recruiter. And, and I think that they'll do a good job of mining for players. They'll do a good job of getting young men to campus. They'll do a good job of, of having as good a relationship as any recruit on the board as, as any other program. So when Nebraska is a finalist, they won't win every recruiting battle, but there will never be a recruit that says that they had a better relationship with another program than the one that Matt Rule and his staff will have with them at Nebraska. That is really their secret sauce. How about that? How about that cat sneaking in here? Yeah, he, uh, even, that, even my even my cat is excited about that. That that, that was uh, yeah. that is the secret sauce. In addition to just the analytical approach to the trail, is uh, um, the genuine relationships that Matt Rule and his staff are going to build with top targets. That it's going to make it hard for them to say no. Like, damn it, I got to say no to Matt Rule and 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 whoever's on the staff because they're going to do a great job of of. Uh, you know, really connecting with young men and, and, and those young men are going to be athletic, high upside uh, uh, prospects. That's for sure. Yeah. And the ultimate people person, Matt Rule, uh, someone who can really connect with anyone and someone who, like I said, I think is going to do a great job at Nebraska. There was one other hire made and that is Kenny Dillingham out at Arizona state. Obviously you could tell watching his press conference, how much this opportunity meant to him an Arizona state alum, uh, someone from the state of Arizona, uh, he obviously the former offense coordinator now at Oregon. What do you think of this hire? Now, obviously there are things that come with Arizona state that don't necessarily come with the other jobs that were hired in Nebraska and Wisconsin. But I think this was a, a very smart hire by Arizona state. It's going to bring a lot of energy, going to bring a lot of youth. And I think Kenny Dillingham, if he gets the time there could be very successful in Arizona. 
Kenny Dillingham, he's a he's a self-made guy, uh, Lance. I remember talking to him, you know, back in August of 2019. It was about it was after 10 o'clock at night. It was the only time I could get him on the phone. You know, he was at Auburn and they were actually preparing to play against Oregon at the time. And I just remember, you know, he had zero connections in college football when he got in the game. You know, he had no uncles, no brothers, no cousins. He didn't play college football. He started off junior high coaching seventh graders at the park and uh, um, linebackers, I think, was at the time his uh, his uh, 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 forte. So now here we are, man. He's, he's uh, engineering the number four ranked offense in the country at Oregon. Oregon had an exciting season here. And I also think that Kenny Dillingham stops at Memphis, Auburn, Florida State, and Oregon has proven that he can go toe-to-toe with anybody on the recruiting trail, landing five-star quarterback Dante Moore in this past cycle. A.J. Duffy was a big recruiting win for Florida State the cycle before where he basically stole victory from defeat. Arizona State and Herm Edwards and company were the one to beat for Duffy for a while, and, and there he is. Uh, uh, committing uh, to Florida State, but he's worked under uh, some really good coaches, in my opinion. Mike Norvell, I think Dan Lanning uh, is a guy that um, you know, although a young coach, is is a is is a guy is a rising star, and and, and so is Kenny, man. And and uh, so here's a guy that again goes not long ago was coaching middle school football at the park now a head football coach at Arizona State, and it's because of the energy and juice that he brings. And, and uh, uh, I, I just think that he is the energizer bunny uh, of, of college football coaches. He's always on from a recruiting standpoint, a, a coaching standpoint. I don't know uh, um, yeah, he, he, the, the amount of devotion that he has to his craft is second to none, and he's very passionate about his home state. He's had his eye on Arizona State for years. And so for him to get that job right now is exciting. And uh, certainly he's going to bring a lot of energy to to that football program. It's a major rebuild, in my opinion. But he's going to attack the portal. He's going to attack the recruiting trail. Uh, Looks like he's putting together an exciting coaching staff there. And uh, it's exciting around ASU right now for a program that's really been one of the sadder ones in college football the last year plus with the – you know, from COVID on, how quickly that thing fell apart there. Kenny Dillingham coming in, coming home to clean it up. And, you know, he's not going to be out work. That, that's for damn sure. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Yeah, when you have a rebuild, uh, the size of Arizona State, obviously you need someone who's going to be 
attacking it and someone who's going to be using all the resources that he has in order to get Arizona State out of the hole that they're currently in. Because like you said, over the past year and a half, maybe two years, I mean, that 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 program just fell on its face for, for very obvious reasons. And now Kenny Dillingham is in, and it's his job to rebuild it in what is a, a Pac-12 that uh, obviously is changing over the next couple of seasons. But again, still a, a great opportunity for him. And you could tell just in this press conference how much uh, – being in this position meant for him, someone who loves the university, went to the university, and obviously just loves the state of Arizona as a whole. But Steve, besides the coaching hires, there were some big games this weekend. USC Notre Dame was one of the biggest. Let's start there. They had a, a bevy of talent on hand to take in USC's win. It was a special night. Now, USC seems to be maybe one win away from a college football playoff. What's the latest you could tell me uh, from their game against Notre Dame? and the recruit reaction to a big Trojan win? Well, first of all, Lance, like we just, we started the show talking about um, new coaching hires. What a tremendous job most of these first year coaches in this past cycle have done this year at their respective programs. And you look at this USC Notre Dame game and look, Notre Dame's a team that was number 16 in the country. They've had some ups and downs this year. Um, but I really think that Marcus Freeman did, an, did a hell of a job of kind of riding the ship as a first-year head coach at such a pressure cooker like Notre Dame. And the biggest thing for my observation, although, I mean, keeping Notre Dame playing hard all year, and they're going to play hard in their bowl game, similar to what Luke Fickle is going to have to fix at Wisconsin. Notre Dame's quarterback room is in shambles, in my opinion, not as bad as Wisconsin, but goes out and gets Kenny Minchie a commitment from Kenny Mitchie, a four-star quarterback, top 247 recruit, and then already has C.J. Carr, who's as talented a quarterback in the country, committed in 2024. And I know it's a collective effort, but Notre Dame hasn't recruited quarterback this well in a long time. And so I think the foundation at that position is set for years to come, and I think that they should go in the portal and get somebody to commit, compete with Tyler Buckner and, and, and Drew Pine and whoever else is in that room next year. But I really think that Notre Dame – their future has been solidified under Marcus Freeman and company. And that's exciting. Dan Lanning did a great job at Oregon this year. Mike Elko, what an awesome job at Duke this year. Eight wins with a chance for nine in a bowl game to beat Wake Forest. And their rivalry game at the end of the season was awesome. Uh, so those are just some coaches right away that come to mind. Uh, First-year coaches, Lance, before I dive in on USC, because Lincoln Riley's had the best year of first-year coaches. That's what he was brought to USC to do. I mean, LSU's playing in the SEC title game under Brian Kelly. So that, you know, that's awesome, right? You know, now they could still end up being 9-4, and four, which is maybe what people predicted in the preseason for them. But the, ex the exciting way they've gotten the 9-4, and four, I think, is a lot of fun for LSU. Uh, um, but um, Lincoln Riley, what he did at USC this season, here they are with a chance to play in the college football playoff, going into the portal and getting Caleb Williams to come with you. He's basically, in my opinion, single-handedly won the Notre Dame game because just a good college quarterback at Notre Dame might win. And why I say that, Lance, is because – And likely and likely won the Heisman by winning that Notre Dame game too. How many sacks – like not only did Caleb Williams avoid getting sacked – uh, several times in that game, but he turned it into chunk plays. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was it was a hellacious performance that wins the game against your rival in that setting and talking to recruits afterwards. 
uh, um, you know, talking to Braylon Shelby, top 247 defensive lineman that Texas would love to flip and keep in the Lone Star State. Him saying after the game, uh, uh, Lincoln Riley turned this whole program around. It's truly something special. We're in for something truly special. Malachi Nelson, their five-star quarterback in, in the heir apparent to, to Caleb Williams down the road, perhaps, just talked about how it was electric, said the, the Coliseum. Uh, a pact for historic rivalry took him back to when he was a kid watching USC to see what Coach Riley has done. Year one confirms what I already knew. He's a great coach and leader. Malachi was obviously committed to Lincoln at Oklahoma as well, similar to Caleb Williams, going to follow him out to USC. He says he can't wait to get there in January and learn and do his part to help building a championship program. Hell, maybe they'll already have a championship by the time he gets there. You know, I'm not predicting that, but they're going to have a chance. They beat Utah. Now you're in the game. Got to win two more. Zachariah Branch, he's going to be an instant impact player for, for USC. Talked about the foundation. Uh, he said he's looking forward to being part of the legacy. Cannot wait to be part of the program. Uh, Mateo Uagalele, the five-star defensive lineman who coming into the game, trending, you know, Ohio State, you figure they're the one to beat. Oregon making a hard push, but man, to – to, to be at USC, to be on the field with Lincoln Riley after the game, I know was special for Mateo and, and, and his family. And USC's always been on the short list there. How about the quarterback? Uh, how about stocking a quarterback room? We talked about Notre Dame and Wisconsin's putrid quarterback rooms. USC, man, Lincoln Riley knows you can't win that many games, win the games you want to win if you don't, don't have a terrific quarterback. It's always a point of emphasis, emphasis for him. He always has uh, uh, quality quarterbacks in his room. They have Malachi Nelson in 2023. They're all in on DJ Lagway in 2024, five-star quarterback from, from Texas who returns after a great visit in the spring. Uh, um, you know, he, he, he uh, talked about how he was excited. He, he talked about Lincoln Riley and how he's changed the culture of the program. He's announcing his commitment on December 27th or December 7th, excuse me. And he said that USC is definitely a school to look out for going into that. Florida has had some crystal ball uh, uh, buzz and, and traction and certainly they're in it. Oklahoma, Baylor, Clemson, some of the others, but the history that USC has is different from a lot of schools to match the history coach Riley has is at quarterbacks is something that's really standing out to him. USC made an impression on a lot of young guys. It's going to be harder to come out in the California and beat USC and, and uh, for recruits like we, like we've seen uh, in, in years past and, and uh, USC instantly is, is, is a title contender under Lincoln Riley. So people like to, you know, bag on him because he didn't win Bedlam last year. Well, damn, sorry, he lost two games or whatever the heck it was last year with a true freshman quarterback under center. God forbid you you don't win 13 games. But Lincoln Riley reminding folks again why he's absolutely one of the best coaches in college football. Mike Bond doing a tremendous job getting him to USC. It was, and it was kind of a similar fashion, right? Here he is, LSU, all those damn rumors. He goes to USC. Luke Fickle, not even part of the rumor mill at Wisconsin. He's there. Nebraska and Wisconsin showing you how a coach search is executed and to be done, in my opinion. Auburn, who knows what they'll get. Maybe it'll work out for them down there on the plains, and I hope it does just because I want everybody to be good. I want I want uh, parity in college football. I want I want it to be just exhilarating every every weekend. But, damn, man. Don't, I'll just say this about Auburn, Lance. Cadillac Williams is a saint. He segued this program perfectly for the next coach. 
had Auburn playing hard as hell down the stretch, has high-profile recruits visiting and interested in Auburn. Don't mess up Cadillac Williams' segue here. And somebody hire Cadillac Williams. Give him, Let him get an opportunity to be a head coach at one of these G5. Hell, you know what I said about Cincinnati and, 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 and Gino Godoggi, I think would be kind of an exciting hire for Cincinnati. I wouldn't be mad if, if, if Cadillac got got promoted there. Man, I, was, I just well, – from an interim coach standard, he did as good as he's an interim coach legend, in my opinion, uh, uh, right there alongside like Ed Orgeron, who's had some hellacious interim coaching runs. Uh, but Cadillac, man, that was awesome what he did at Auburn down the stretch. And you look up and they're up seven to zero in Tuscaloosa early on. And obviously they didn't win the game, but I mean, hell, they played hard. And uh, uh, he Cadillac put it on a tee for that administration and next coach. The momentum was there, and with each passing day, you're losing momentum there that Cadillac gave you, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, there there are ways to do a coaching search, and then there are ways not to do a coaching search. And while it's Monday, November 28th, Auburn seemingly is trending towards that way not to do a coaching search compared to schools like Wisconsin, Nebraska, USC last year, LSU last year. They kind of set the standard of what a coaching search should look like. Auburn's yeah. still trying to figure out Who's next? Lane Kiffin, obviously staying at Ole Miss. Hugh Freeze, that buzz seems to have cooled off. And I'd be damned if you say it means more. Like, it does mean more in the SEC overall. Like, yes, mm-hmm. I, I get that too. But Nebraska, they are as passionate a fan base as anybody in college football. If you are hosting Nebraska, your home stadium has a chance to be flipped. And if Nebraska is good, it really has a chance to be flipped. When they stink, they still travel and, and try and take over your stadium. In Wisconsin, they have exciting game day traditions too. That uh, that that program means a lot to Madison and and and, and to their their that those aren't fair weathered fan bases now. Uh, uh, so to say that Auburn means more than Nebraska is 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 kind of BS to me. Uh, um, and uh, Nebraska went out and executed. Auburn, maybe they were close to getting some guys, but they didn't execute. They didn't get it done. Those guys are not there. And and uh, I don't even know if that would have been as good. Those hires would have been as good as what Nebraska and Wisconsin did anyway. You know, so we'll, you know, we'll judge Auburn on the back end of that and see who they get and, and uh, what that guy does. You know, there's so many good football coaches out there. There's a lot of good football coaches. There's a lot of good, and Auburn's an amazing job getting brand new facilities, fan bases off the charts. They've won a national championship recently. So uh, 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 they're a backyard to so many good players. Cadillac Williams put it on a tee for you. Interim coaching legend, a guy that deserves to be a head coach somewhere very soon. Um, we'll see what Auburn does. Well, look, we're recording this Monday morning. Hopefully by next show on Thursday, Auburn's made a hire and we can discuss it then. Ideally, but again, obviously, you never know. Let's move on now from USC to Michigan. A big win for the Maize and Blue. Going to Columbus, going to the shoe, beating Ohio State. They look locked and loaded for a second straight college football playoff appearance. They obviously have to get through the Big Ten West uh, team in Purdue in the Big Ten title game this coming Saturday. No offense to Purdue, but that looks very likely for Michigan. Men, Jim Harbaugh, crazy what two years can do. Crazy what a year can do. Everyone during that COVID season at Michigan wanted Jim Harbaugh fired. You know, it wasn't looking good. I think they had two wins that whole season. Um, obviously, COVID year was strange, but it just wasn't a wasn't trending in the right direction for the head ball coach there in Michigan. Uh, he was on the hot seat. 
He changes up his staff big time heading into 2021. It gets them to a college football playoff appearance, a Big Ten title. Uh, and now 2022, the same thing happens again. And this year, they've beaten Michigan State too. So they've beaten Michigan State. They've beaten Ohio State. Now they just got to win that Big Ten title. What a job by Jim Harbaugh. What a job by Michigan. And to do it most importantly or most interestingly enough, without Blake Corum, their potential Heisman Trophy running back, he was very limited in the game, only had maybe one or two carries all game long, and most of it was in the first half. I mean, to do it without your best player, without your superstar, just an unbelievable job by that whole program to go to Columbus and beat Ohio State. Michigan, man. they uh, uh, you, you talk about number two total defense in the country, number five rushing offense in, in the country. That's a hell of a recipe, and then you go out and then you get – I think that these recruiting classes, you look at the 2021 recruiting class and, and, and the 2020 recruiting classes, I think that you look at the way that Michigan recruited athletic playmakers uh, in those classes, it really has elevated this program from one that was kind of a New Year six ceiling to one that is now a legitimate national title contender. You go out and get J.J. McCarthy. You get yourself your first blue chip quarterback win uh, in the in the Jim Harbaugh era. Look, Jim Harbaugh has always been a great football coach. He took a team to a Super Bowl, took another team to the NFC Championship game, made Stanford relevant that David Shaw was able to mooch off of early in his Stanford tenure. Uh, uh, Michigan, they played in some big games. They've been close to Ohio State before uh, uh, beating them in, in, in these past two football games. But I really think that the recruiting at Michigan has has elevated over the last three years. And with that, now you're seeing a football team that's able to go to the next level. And, and, and really, just for me, big play guys on offense, that's the difference, right? When you're in a slobber knocker of a game against Ohio State where it can go any which way in the second half, and then you got a guy like Donovan Edwards who's a five-star running back who rips off two big runs, boom. You know, he's a difference maker in that game, you know. And, and, and so um, I, I think that Michigan, they are player development you, which we've talked about on Whip Around before. And another staffer at Ann Arbor reminded me of after they beat Ohio State, it's player development you right there. You're not getting any better strength and conditioning. You're not turning into a better football player from 18 to 22 anywhere better than Michigan. Now, there's a few schools that certainly you can point to and say are just as good, Georgia, Alabama, you know, Clemson, the schools, you know, programs that have had track records year in and year out of developing their players. But Michigan is second to none in player development right now. And uh, it's really showed up on the field uh, uh, these last two years against Ohio State. And again, I think that the way Michigan's recruited the last three years have been some of the best classes of the Jim Harbaugh era. And so with that, now you're starting to see some of the best results of the Jim Harbaugh era and, and a team that's a bona fide national title contender, uh, um, a team that I think can go into the college football playoff right now and bang with these superior, these uh, top-notch SEC programs and, and, and with another year of seasoning under their belt from, from last year. And so uh, uh, they're certainly building uh, on that, on the trail. Uh, uh, went out and, and, and landed Cameron Calhoun shortly after the game from Cincinnati. Witten Woods, a six-foot uh, defensive back with, with high upside traits, uh, um, they, they committed him after the game. And then Luke Hamilton, a top 247 offensive lineman in the 2024 class, commits to, commits to Michigan on Sunday. He was at the game. Uh, um, said he saw Sharon Moore in the tunnel before the game and was like, uh, 
he, he was rooting for Michigan, man. Like he, Sharon Moore is his guy. There's not a nicer guy in college football than Sharon Moore, Lance. I'm telling you right now, uh, uh, he is uh, just the great a human. Led Michigan to the Joe Moore Award as their offensive coach, last, offensive line coach last year. Now he's their play caller. You want to talk about a coach on the rise, a guy that's going to be a great head coach and, in, in my opinion, be one of the most household names down the road in college football. It's going to be Sharon Moore, guy like that, excellent football coach, excellent human. Uh, uh, um, he's one of the big reasons why Michigan is in the national title hunt. And, and, and uh, they go, he, Luke Hamilton sees Sharon Moore pregame and is like, I can't root against Michigan here today, man. And uh, the, the story's kind of, you know, the quotes, I'm, I'm digging out the quotes here. Um, you know, he's like, he's, he's like, he's like, I see Sharon Moore walking out of the tunnel and thought, let's get it, bury them, put them to sleep. You know, that's the kind of mood that Sharon Moore put this high school junior in that's technically in the Ohio State recruiting section. Uh, uh, He wanted to see Michigan win. He commits to Sharon Moore after the game, goes public with his decision on Sunday. Michigan's trending for some more guys today or, or, or going into the week, you know, DJ Waller. Uh, from from Ohio uh, is is a defensive back that they're they're really high on. Roderick Pierce uh, recently decommitted from Wisconsin is a big, athletic, long defensive lineman. Jason Hewlett, uh, uh, who was committed to Luke Fickle in Cincinnati, six foot four, two hundred and twenty pound uh, specimen. These are guys that are high upside players that Michigan's player development. You, they're going to maximize those guys' potential. And, and they're going to keep Michigan in this kind of hunt for years to come. But I just think Michigan's gotten so much more explosive on offense over the last few recruiting cycles. And they've always been a smash mouth, powerful football team uh, uh, under under Jim Harbaugh and company that could play with violence. But now they can play. Uh, now they can get big plays from their receivers. They can get big plays from 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 their running backs. They've always had tight ends. I think they have a quarterback that's going to be a star. It's his first year as a starter, only going up for for J.J. McCarthy, which was a massive recruiting win for them. Uh, um, Michigan's playing at a different level right now, and it's because of the way that they've recruited the last few years. Player development's always been there. Scheme's always been there. They had a tough COVID year, um, but that was – you know, them rebuilding the roster. And here you are, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan uh, um, on their way to the college football playoff, regardless of what happens against Purdue. And so we'll see what happens. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about, and we've said it before on Whip Around that, you know, if you're a defensive lineman, uh, it's tough to say no to Georgia, right? If you're an offensive lineman, it's really tough to say no to Michigan. I mean, we talked about. Well, if you're a defensive lineman, it's tough to say no to Michigan too. When yeah. you look at the players that they've had drafted there, and not all those guys were touted recruits. Certainly, yeah. guys like Rashawn Gary and Aiden Hutchinson were, uh, but they've developed their fair share of pros, uh, and, and those are guys like this Hewlett kid that was committed to Cincinnati that we think is going to end up in Michigan's class. Those are the type of guys that Michigan's turned into high draft picks as well, and and. and the, again, they've always been really good at the point of attack, even in their quote-unquote down years. The difference for Michigan right now is the explosiveness on offense, the way they can just get a quick score, 60, 70 yards, Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson. They got guys that can run. They got playmakers at the wide receiver position. They got running backs, Blake Corum and and, and, and uh, Donovan Edwards are 4-4, four, 4-3 four, four, guys. 
that can score whenever they touch the football. They're tough. I mean, Blake Corum is one of the toughest kids in college football, one of the hardest working kids. They got great leaders in their locker room across the board in every position room. The program, the program's awesome. And, uh, um, you know, they obviously pulled away from Ohio State in the second half with some of those big recruiting wins that they had over the last three cycles. Yeah, absolutely. A great win for Michigan uh, going to Columbus, beating Ohio State. Uh, first time, in fact, that Ohio State has lost two in a row to Michigan since 1999-2000, back when John Cooper was head coach at Ohio State. A little bit of a nugget there uh, for everyone listening. Uh, but let's finish it off now with Florida State. They also notched the big win uh, in a rivalry game over Florida in Tallahassee. Uh, they welcomed the Gators and were able to, uh, to pull off the victory. And it was a make-or-break year for Mike Norvell, I think, going into this. And he, I think, had a very successful 2022. Uh, they're recruiting well. Uh, they've obviously uh, been doing well uh, making inroads in Florida. Um, again, a make-or-break year for him. He's really solidified himself there uh, with the Seminoles. And I think this really just puts the icing or the cherry on top for what was a really great year uh, for 20, uh, of 2022 for the Knowles and for Mike Norvell. Big night for FSU, obviously. Lucas Simmons, top two four seven offensive tackle, six foot eight, three hundred pounds. I love the way that Florida State's recruited the point of attack in this cycle on both sides of the ball. He's as big a recruiting win as as, as any program in the ACC had. He tells me his recruitment's hundred percent shut down. He's locked in with Florida State. Florida was a program trying to flip him. So maybe if that game goes a different direction, maybe Lucas Simmons ultimately goes a different direction and we'll see what happens as the cycle continues. But he says his recruitment shut down. Uh, Jordan Hall, top 247 defensive lineman that they're battling Georgia and Florida for. Uh, he comes back to Tallahassee, has a terrific experience. Uh, uh, Florida State, um, a contender down the stretch for one of the most coveted defensive linemen in the country. If they could add him to Keldrick Falk and Keith Sampson, Lamont Green, that'd be as you know that's a that's a haul that you can win a lot of games with. Uh, um, and, and and then how about this 2024 class? It's top five nationally early on. Lance, uh, um, they they get Cameron Davis, a 24/7 Sports Composite five-star running back, back on campus from Albany, Georgia. He's been to Georgia this fall, but he tells me after the game he's more excited about the program than he's ever been before. So many 2024s and 2025s raved about the experience, including the number two safety in 2024. Jalen Hayward, but back to 23 real quick. Isaac Smith's a four-star defensive back who SEC programs are battling down the stretch for. He told me he loved his visit to Florida State, the number one JUCO interior offensive lineman. Keyshawn Blackstock's another guy that Florida State's in the middle of it for. So Florida State, they have momentum down the stretch here. Uh, I think it's going to be a much stronger finish than it was last year when they lose out on the Travis Hunter sweepstakes, which kind of put a bad – feeling in people's minds, even though Florida State, they got better last year. And they brought in a good recruiting class, minus Travis Hunter. And now they're going to bring in another good recruiting class, it seems. And then 2024 could be a, a real electric class for them coming off and maybe a potentially nine-win season if they can win their bowl game here. Mike Norvell, Florida State, they beat Florida. They beat Miami. Got a chance to win a bowl game this year. A lot of excitement around Tallahassee. The recruits there loved Dope Campbell. Uh, I thought watching the game on TV, Dope Campbell, uh, Dope was – Doak was going nuts. The Coliseum at USC was going nuts. I felt like a child again. I felt like I was watching college football as a young Steve instead of 40-year-old Steve with the way that those stadiums were rocking on the weekend. And I thought this whip around rocked. thought we talked about some good things, Lance, but we're in the 50-minute mark. 
can't talk any longer. You got stuff to do. Your cat keeps trying to come on. <laughs> it's uh yeah, the cat keeps trying to, you know, even he's excited about Florida State, USC, Michigan, all these coaching hires, as we all are. It's been a, a wild couple of days in the college football world. And what's crazy about it, Steve, is we're still 23 days or so left until the start of the early signing period. And there's still so much left to do, so much left on the bone in this cycle. And with these new hires, there's so much more to come. Uh, but of course, as always, thank you so much uh, for speaking with me this Monday. Uh, recruiting obviously will never stop. Make sure to stay locked into 247sports.com uh, for, for all your recruiting coverage as we get closer and closer to the early signing period. Remember to follow Steve on Twitter at sworkfunk247. Follow me on Twitter as well at LanceGlynn247. Remember to also like this video and, of course, subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. So for Steve Wolfong, I am Lance Glynn. Thanks so much for listening to the Wolfong River. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.